The following audio is from Overland Park Community Church. More information about OPCC can be found online at overlandpark.cc. Welcome to OPCC and happy Mother's Day to all you moms. We appreciate all that you do uh, to help us be all that we uh, can be. That sounds like an army commercial, but uh, anyway. uh, Thank you, moms, um, for all the sacrifice. We we love that. We're thankful for you and want to celebrate you and honor you today and um, encouraged about the bro bash coming up. Hopefully some of you guys are planning on coming and hopefully some of you have your own bowling ball because this is serious when we go. Amen. I'm looking to win. I'm not looking just to fellowship. All right. So bring your ball and uh, we'll have a lot of fun uh, and connect. These have been a great events for us and and we only have a couple of them left before summer break. And so we're, we're excited to you know, just connect with guys. So if you're new to the church, it's a great way for you to meet some other guys. Some ladies, have, the ladies have some things going on. You can talk to Molly about some of those things. She can point you in the right direction. But anyway, I hope you will choose to be there. And the fact of the matter is, your life is nothing but a, just a measurement of all the choices you make, right? So we choose, we're just always making choices. You got up this morning, and you went to the closet, and you had to choose what you were going to wear. Which shirt, uh, which pants, you had to choose what you were going to eat. When you walked in the door, you had to choose whether or not you were going to go to bathroom before service, or if you were fine, you had to choose whether you were going to have coffee and a bagel. Um, afterwards, if you go out to eat, you're going to have to choose where you're going. If you haven't already made the choice, then they're going to hand you, hand you a menu, and you're going to have to look through that whole thing and choose what you want to eat. Just choices, choices choices. And some choices are more significant than others, but they all have consequences. So as a matter of fact, if you make the wrong choice on that menu too many times, you will be choosing a new wardrobe, right? (laughs) It's because there are consequences to the choices that you make in life. And we all have problems and we all choose how to deal with them. It doesn't matter if we're um, wealthy or poor, rich, uh, or, or not, if we're famous or we're nobody, if we um, have this great position in life or we feel like we kind of have an insignificant position. We're still making choices about problems that we all deal with. It doesn't matter who you are, the choices that you make can have a significant impact on your life. Just ask Will Smith, right? <laughs> he made a choice and we see he's dealing with the consequences of the choice that he made. And so we learn in 1 Peter chapter 2, verse 24, has been our theme verse throughout this series. It says, He himself bore our sins in his body on the tree so that we might die to sins and live for righteousness. By his wounds you have been healed. And so this word healed here is the word yeomai, and it means to be complete, to be made whole. So really the idea of, okay, if my life is put together the way it's supposed to be, that's what Jesus does. And initially he does it when we come to know him, but it is a continual process. And we've been learning about how to heal from our wounds in an intentional uh, way. And when it comes to our pain, you got to choose how you deal with it. And you can choose to ignore it. You can choose to pretend like it's not there or you can choose to embrace it and walk right in the midst of it. 
And the Apostle Peter, he's sort of been the professor over the last few weeks as I've been unpacking things about his life, and his advice has been powerful because of his experience. He's speaking firsthand what it was like to know Jesus, what it was like to fail for Jesus, to deny him, um, what it's like to have big wins in his life. And so throughout this series, I've been trying to point out some of the experiences that Peter has had. And one of the really cool stories about Peter's life is found in Matthew chapter 16. And Peter has this encounter with the Lord and all of the rest of the disciples that are there. And Jesus has been walking with them and discipling them up for several years. And he asks them, he says, who do people say that I am? And they said, well, some say you're John the Baptist reincarnated. That's what some people are saying. Then another one said, well, some say that you're Jeremiah. Come to, in, in our lifetime, you are Jeremiah. And then others are saying you're Elijah. And so Jesus says, well, who do you say that I am? That's great. You're telling me what everybody else is saying, but who do you say that I am? And Peter he just steps up and says, thou art the Christ, the son of the living God. You're the Messiah. You're the one that the Jewish people have been looking for for thousands of years. You're the one that we've been taught about since we were old enough to learn anything. You are God in the flesh. And Jesus says, Peter, you're exactly right. And what you've just said was not revealed to you by flesh and blood, but it came straight from heaven itself. And Peter's like, yes. You know, all the other disciples are like, dang it. Why did I say Jeremiah, right? And it's kind of interesting to think about it. It'd be like us being in a group, me and Shay and Sean and Corey and maybe Rick and, and Molly. And we're all there. And Jesus says, who do you say that I am? And, and all of a sudden, Sean says, thou art the Christ, man. And we're like, and Jesus is like, that's right. And we're like, dang. And then we were all amazed because we didn't, one, we're kind of kicking ourselves because we didn't say it. And two, we can't believe that Sean got something right. <laughs> yeah. Poor Sean. That, that joke works, man. I love that joke. Did y'all see Sean, uh, the, the uh, uh, what's, don't tell me. What, Shadow, I knew he had a different name. Uh, Shadow, because he shaved his mustache, I forgot his name. He had a real cool mustache last time. Did y'all notice he had a Sean Lee shirt on? That was kind of cool, wasn't it? Yeah, man. Uh, so anyway, what was I talking about? That's part of your job. Making fun of Sean. Oh, yeah, I was making fun of Sean. Uh, so anyway, the, the disciples are there, and Peter has this cool moment. And the Lord is like, yeah, that's right. And, and so he's got to be just feeling great about life. Man, I crushed one for Jesus. Anytime you can do anything that makes you feel like you crushed it out of the park for Jesus, you're just having a great day. Well, right after that, like, I mean, within the same section, this is what Matthew says. From that time on, Jesus began to explain to his disciples that he must go to Jerusalem and suffer many things at the hands of the elders, the chief priests and teachers of the law. And then he must be killed and on the third day be raised to life. And Peter took him aside and began to rebuke him. Never, Lord, he said, this shall never happen to you. And Jesus turned and said to Peter, get behind me, Satan. You are a stumbling block to me. You do not have in mind the things of God, but the things of men. 
Then Jesus said to his disciples, if anyone would come after me, he must, take, he must deny himself, take up his cross, and follow me. For whoever wants to save his life will lose it, but whoever loses his life for me will find it. <laughs> Peter's like, on top of the world, you're the Christ, the Son of the living God. And then Jesus says, that's right, Peter, man, and I'm going to build my church upon that right there, that I am the Christ. And then he says, look, we got to go to Jerusalem, and I'm about to suffer at the hands of the elders and all these people who are in power right now. And Peter's like, Jesus, I need to talk to you. This is never going to happen to you. The one minute, Jesus, you are God. God, I need to have a talk with you. You're totally <laughs> off here. That's exactly what happened to him. And, he's, and so now Jesus has gone from this came from heaven, Peter, to you're the, you sound like the devil, man. You don't have your eyes on the things of God. You have your eyes on the things of man. And so what we learn here in this process is that as Peter has this one moment to, to like really encourage and, and uh, amplify the mission of the Lord, in the next moment, he is trip, he like, he's like, you're trying to trip me up, bro. You sound like the devil. And this teaches us there are two paths to every problem. So every one of us, as we're walking through life and we face problems, and we're trying to come through this thing, man, we're talking about hope and how we can, um, sometimes when we go through something very painful, all we have is hope. So we're dealing with a massive problem. Then there are two paths to that problem. And we could scale that back and say, all right, even in our lives when we're not dealing with a massive problem, there are two paths when we're facing with smaller, smaller problems in our lives. And the paths are, are the path of God and the path of man. And with every problem we experience, every wound that we have, whether it's one we inflict on ourselves because we fail to listen to the Lord, or it's one that we're suffering the consequences of somebody else's choice, and how they dealt with something, and so it has impacted us, then um, we have to make choices about the, how we're going to deal with the situations that we're facing. And so with every problem or wound we experience, we'll come to a fork, and at this moment, we choose which path we travel. So right now, like, you'll get out of here today, and there will be several things that happen to you throughout the day that you will have to choose, are you going to travel the path of God or are you going to travel the path of man? And they'll happen to you this week. Some of you students will be at school um, and you will find yourself in a situation and you're going to have to decide, am I going to travel the path of God or am I going to travel the path of man? Um, in your relationship, uh, you, will, uh, you guys that are kind of growing up, you're maturing. You're not in kids' ministry anymore. You're moving beyond middle school, Caitlin and Zoe. <laughs> and you will have to decide, are you going to keep yourself pure? You will decide whether you go the path of God or the path of man. All of us uh, we are making these choices. I have to make the same choices. All of us on a daily basis are making these choices. And when it comes to a very painful situation, um, it, it even becomes more important because we're either going to move out of uh, the depths of pain and the hurt that we have because we learned that last week we learned that forgiveness is instantaneous. So when 
When I ask for forgiveness from something for the Lord that I've, you know, I know I've walked in sin, I say, Lord, I'm sorry. That's instantaneous, but healing takes time. And so even though the Lord will forgive me instantaneously, there are consequences for my choice. And so I have to start to choose to walk out of the situation that I'm in, even if it's not my sin that caused it, and I find myself in the midst of it, somebody else can cause me to stumble, just like Peter was even trying to cause the Son of God to stumble. And so we're never immune from that. So someone else's decisions impact us and how we decide in our own decisions to respond in the midst of that determines what the rest of our life is going to look like. And so here's the deal with the consequences on these two paths. The path of God is paved with healing, and it's hard to choose. I think that's one thing that we don't understand and we, we don't just identify. Choosing the path of God is not easy. It's hard for us. And Jesus is teaching in this passage that we cannot avoid pain. This is why he says that you will have to take up your cross if you want to be his disciple. That is an instrument of execution. You have to take up your own cross that will be painful in your life and follow me. Now, um, when we choose this path, we do heal, and so it's the right path, but why do we avoid it? So if healing is on the path of God, and I don't think any of you would say, hey, man, no, I do think it's best to choose the path of God. I don't think if I said, man, Jesus has laid this path out for us, and this is where he's calling you to go, and you know that's where he's calling you to go, and, and you're in agreement with that, I don't think you would say, man, that's, that's a bad thing. You would say, that's the best way to, way to go. Why do we avoid it still? Why do some people, whenever they hear the case laid out for Jesus is the Christ, he is the Messiah, he is, the, he is God in the flesh, why do people avoid making that decision? Because it's a hard decision to choose. Anytime the Lord is laying something in front of you, it's hard to choose, and we avoid it because it's scary and requires risk. We don't know what it's going to mean. I don't know what it's going to mean if I've never said yes to Jesus. I don't know. What, what does it look like that I say yes to Jesus? Does that mean that uh, I'm going to stand up and preach sermons like Jimmy does? Might. I certainly didn't know I was going to do it when I said yes. Okay? So sometimes people go, well, I don't. I'm going to avoid that decision because that might be what it means. It may mean that for you. It's certainly going to mean that your life starts to look like one who preaches the gospel. Your life is a sermon. It is the gospel being lived out on a daily basis, and you don't know what it looks like, honestly. And that's scary. And so when we don't know what it looks like, we avoid the decision thinking that that's in our best interest when the fact of the matter is the worst thing that could ever possibly happen to us. Because we're, we're avoiding something that we, we know is best for us, and the reason we're avoiding it is because we're afraid of what it means. And we have to come to a place initially that we do surrender our lives, and we say to Jesus, yes, Jesus, I, I believe you're the Son of God. I believe that you're God in the flesh, and you died, and you were buried, and you rose again, and, and you want to live in me. And the only thing I can do about my sin is to ask you to forgive me and come and, and, and be my Lord and Savior. And that is a risky thing. Thing for us to pray because when we pray that, then we're saying, I'm no longer Lord, Jesus is Lord. And so Jesus gets to call the shots. And if Jesus wants to call me into full-time ministry, he gets to call me into full-time ministry. If Jesus wants to call me to do whatever he wants me to do, then he gets to do that. Why? Because he's Lord. 
And so we avoid it because now we have control and we're like, I don't know if I want to give that control to Jesus or not. And initially, if you're going to become a follower of Christ, that's exactly what you have to do. But it doesn't stop there. So after you give your life to Jesus, he'll ask you to lay something else down. That's why he calls it your cross and you follow. So I have my own cross, you have your cross, and we have our own suffering. What is suffering? Suffering is denying our flesh to the point that we allow Christ to live in us, and now we're being made whole, we're complete, and we're actually living the lives that God designed for us to live. And so we're sacrificing. What is sacrifice? Sacrifice is nothing more than obedience. And what is obedience? Obedience is stepping out in faith and acknowledging that the Lord has asked me to do something, and I will believe in faith, and I will take a step of faith and obey what the Lord has asked me to do. And so we look at that and we go, man, uh, we have to say that I believe in this moment to lose is to gain. That's what we're doing. I have to mentally come to a place where I intentionally make a choice and go, I believe in this moment, if I make this choice, I will actually gain. And it plays itself out in deep ways where we make these choices. And if we make the wrong choice, it might feel like, hey, man, there's a deep chasm over here. And at other times, it might be like we're driving down the road and we get a little bit left of, of, of center and we hit the rumble strips, right? And we weave back over. Sometimes it's not as big a deal, but it's, it's like for me yesterday, um, to illustrate this point, is... There, there's a family in the church that needed some help moving. And so I never did commit to going and helping move, but I knew it was coming and I, I, I had the time to go do it. And I woke up this morning, I really, or yesterday morning, I did, let me just be honest. Sorry, Holesclaws. I did not want to do it. Like the last thing I want to do is go spend my Saturday morning helping somebody move. I hate moving. I hate moving my own stuff, and I significantly hate moving your stuff, right? <laughs> Let's just be honest. That's the way we... But at the same time, I felt like, man, I got the time, and, and I, I probably, like, I could go help them. And, and as I wrestled through it, I was like, I really don't want to. I was like, you know what? I get, this is an opportunity for me to lay down my life for a family that I love. I'm going to go help a move. And I'm just going to believe, I know I've got it. My truck has been acting up. Like, it won't start sometimes. It's been intermittent. And so I finally found the part to fix it, and I needed to fix it. And so I was thinking in my mind, well, I could justify not going. Surely they would understand, right? I mean, i got to fix, fix my truck, right? No, I'm going to go, and I'm going to believe that as I lay my life down right here, then I'm going to gain from this on the back end, and the Lord is going to honor that. And so I went, and I had a good time with some of the other guys, and, and we got it, you know, it was over there a couple of hours, and, and got most of their stuff moved. And then I went home and ate, ate some lunch, took a break, and, and I'm, you know, my truck, I didn't run into any problems. I pulled the wheel off, dropped the starter, put the new part on, threw it right back up. <laughs> Bam, that thing's running. And I think that, I, I really believe, I believe if I'd have been selfish, I might be driving someone else's car today, right? And I just believe the Lord helped me in that. And I don't say that to go, oh man, look at, look, Jimmy went to help and I didn't go help and he's trying to, no, I'm trying to say that I wrestle through these kinds of decisions all the time. 
I'm all the time trying to make it like I feel the Lord may be asking me to do something and then I feel like, I don't know if I really want to go do that and then I rethink it and go, you know what, if the Lord is really in this, he's going to be on the other side of it and whatever I need to get done, he's going to make me more productive. And he shows up. He always shows up. And so I, even after 30 years of following Jesus and really surrendering on a daily basis, I still see the Lord showing up, but I'm still having a hard time with the choice. And that's what I want you to see is that following Jesus is not easy. That's why it's called a cross. He doesn't say, take up your recliner and follow me. He says, take up an instrument of execution because yourself is constantly not going to want to do what you need to do in order for me to keep you healthy and whole. And so he, as we take that step of obedience, then the Lord continues to pave the road that we're supposed to be walking on. And I kind of envision it a little bit like what we want is we want to, we've got Dorothy syndrome. That's why we don't follow Jesus. And Dorothy syndrome is you just follow the yellow brick road. It's there, man. Just follow, 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 follow the yellow brick road, right? And you can see that thing. That's not the way it is with Jesus. Jesus lays the bricks as you take the steps. And so you don't know what the steps are out there. And he's waiting. It's kind of like whenever they, they come in and they do construction on a place, you know, they you're used to going and taking shortcuts and getting to your house or your subdivision, and all of a sudden they blow that thing up and they're going to put a bridge in. And for the next year, you've got to drive three miles out of the way. And it's just so frustrating. You're just like, when is the city going to finish this bridge? What is the problem? You know what I'm talking about? Can I get it? amen? Jesus is looking down and going, when? When are they going to take the step? so that I could put another brick down and finish this road. And so that same fresh, like he wants to bless us. He wants to lay the stones. He wants to help us follow him. But a lot of times he's just waiting on us to take the step of obedience that he's already put out in front of us so that he can lay the next stone and he just keeps on it. So we follow close to the rabbi and the rabbi say, come on, come on. And if we're constantly trying to jump on our path, we're not making up any ground because we're back and forth and back and forth. And Jesus is trying to teach us, listen, I know this is scary. I know that this is hard, but let's stay over here. Let's stay on track. Let's follow this path. I've got a life laid out for you and it's going to be complete. It's going to be whole. You're going to be healthy. You're going to have freedom and you're going to be blown away at all the things that I do. I don't know, Jesus. I don't know. I know you don't know. That's why I want you to come. Quit arguing with Jesus. Just follow him, and you will start to experience the freedom and the joy that comes from following him. And it's hard because um, it requires a lot from us. We have to be vulnerable. We have to be vulnerable to Jesus. Sometimes uh, we have to confess our sin. Jesus, I know I just got off the right road. Forgive me. Would you forgive me? Yes, I'll forgive you. Now get back over here, and let's get this stone laid right here and take this step. And so sometimes I have to be vulnerable and confess my sin and my failure to Jesus. Sometimes Jesus will ask me to confess my sin and my failure to someone else. Maybe I've sinned against, or maybe that I just need to confide in. Hey, you know what, bro? Like, I don't, I, my life is really screwed up and I could use some prayer right now. Yeah, man, I would pray for you. And, 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 and so we, we're afraid that we can, like, what we do is we go, 
Well, they, they, I need them to think that I, I'm really following Jesus all the time and I just knock it out of the park all the time. And man, they, 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 they already think that, so I got to keep them thinking that. Well, first of all, nobody thinks that about you, right? <laughs> nobody does. And so it's okay to admit it to a brother or sister in Christ because they are having their own struggles and two are better than one. They will help each other out. They can get one of each other out of the ditch, man, and we can help each other. So it's good to open up, but that's a scary thing to do because we feel like we'll be judged. But if we face the pain and allow others um, to see it, the Lord will be in that, but that's scary for us. And that's why it's hard to choose. Sometimes we have to forgive the Lord said, you'll be forgive, forgiven as you forgive others. He said, we don't want to forgive people that hurt us. I mean, some of the hardest people to forgive are the people that cause the deepest wounds, but yet the Lord would ask us to forgive. I don't want to forgive. I don't want to forgive. See, that's your own road. Then the Lord said, you, gotta come over the, you need to forgive that person. Why do I need to forgive them, Jesus? Because it's not good for you to harbor that bitterness inside. It's going to destroy you. You got to let it go. Yeah, but Jesus, don't you know what they did? They did this to me. They did that to me. Jesus is like, yeah, they spit in my face. They beat me to a pulp. They killed me. Now, come on. Right? But God. But God. If we would just stop saying that and go, ah, like look at what Jesus did. And if he's asking me to do this, I can do this. I can just trust in him and I will heal. I will be made whole. This is a hard path to choose, but it's where healing is found. And this is why Jesus said, deny yourself, take up your cross, follow me, and you will find life. Okay? That is the path of God. Here's the problem. My path is paved with self-medication, and it is easy to choose. God's path is hard to choose. My path, it's a breeze, man. That person did this to me. I'm never talking to them again. That feels good. It's just an easy choice to make. It's constantly easy. And the alternative to giving in to God is choosing your path. And when you choose your path, you're self-medicating. Okay? You're choosing some meds that will help you navigate through the pain that you're experiencing in such a way that you just feel better in the moment. The Apostle John writes about this. He talks in 1 John 2.16. He says, For all that is in the world, the lust of the flesh, the lust of the eyes, and the boastful pride of life is not from the Father, but is from the world. Now, what in the world is that stuff? Well, the lust of the flesh is sex and substances. They're looking, how can I please, let me throw another one in there. Ooh, this is going to hurt. You ready? Food. <laughs> food, I mean, just please myself with food. Please myself. Sometimes when I'm hurting, maybe I'm just going to make myself feel merry by just getting wasted with alcohol. Or maybe I just get some drug of choice. Some substance, it's the lust of the flesh. Just feel bad and depressed and just eat half a gallon of ice cream. It's the lust of the flesh. So anytime we're trying to please our flesh in order to cope with something that's got us down to make us feel better, it is the lust of the flesh. 
the pride of life. What is the pride of life? It's performance. It's how well you can do. It's how well you can do in your sport, how well you can do in your job, how well you can do in your academics, how well you can do um, by climbing the corporate ladder or your business becoming the most successful or you have the most money in the bank. It's like, or you become a famous person, you, whatever. It's like performance. Your identity is wrapped up in what you do. That is the pride of life. Look at me. Look at what my hands have been able to do. It is the pride of life. And so that's self-medication. And it is the way of the world. And so we choose that. And it's easy to choose. Like the other one is hard to choose. This one's easy. This will just sink myself into my work. And I'm just going to work my fingers to the bone. And I'm going to provide for my family. And they're going to have all of these things. And look at what I have provided for me. And the Lord is like, nah, not impressed. All right? And so it's the pride of life. Like it, it's, it's nothing wrong with, with that. Like there's a healthy way to work. Work was given to us from God. But if we get wrapped up in our work and we think that's what gives us value by the things we're able to achieve, then we're broken and we're walking our own road. We're not working, walking the world the Lord has laid out for us. Um. The lust of the eyes. What is that one? Hold on, Johnson County. That's materialism. Just stuff. Just stuff, man. New toys, new cars, new furniture. Not feeling very good. Let's just go to Nebraska Furniture Mart. I mean, they got 0% interest. Ah, Let's just buy it all. You get it home and I feel better. You're still broken. And that stuff's going to break down and show how broken you are. Nothing wrong with furniture. I, I need some new furniture, thanks to Red Dog and five kids. <laughs> but, but like, if I, I, if I had brand new furniture, it would be great. It's not going to do anything for me, whether I have it or I don't have it. Tools, Milwaukee packouts. Oh, amen. Just need more, right? You just, if the materialism, it's everywhere. You need the new purse, you need the new shoes, you need the new, like they change styles. I can't believe these high mom pants have come back in. What is wrong with the world? Ah, they just change it, and as soon as you get it, they change it again. Your house is not the right color. Your cabinets are not the right shape. Just on and on and on and on and on. And we can get caught up in that. And I believe in maintaining your home and doing, like I believe in being creative and having, there's nothing wrong with having things, but when the things, if we're not careful and we're not listening to the obedience the Lord has called us to, all of a sudden the things can be the medication that helps us navigate through the pain that we're experiencing and the disappointment and the brokenness in our life. And so we're not complete even though we're, we're getting all caught up in the things. And so, like, here's the deal. The deal then is like, all of this is just easy breezy. The other stuff is hard. And I, I'll share this story to kind of illustrate. I've been really trying to work on losing a few pounds 
I got way heavier than I've ever been in my life. And so I started the last, I don't know, six or eight weeks or something trying to eat right. And it's really hard, man. And started eating more salads, more chicken breasts, more let, just cut fast food out. And that's hard, man. You just you whiz in McDonald's or something to get something real quick. It's so convenient. Uh, I saw you snarl your nose like McDonald's. Okay, Chick-fil-A, Stephanie. <laughs> Same thing. Uh, <laughs> so, and you're like, well, I, and I, so I cut, you know, like, cut that. That was hard to do, like cut that stuff out. But then it sort of got easier. It got a little easier, and I'm like, hey, I like the way, I'm, I noticed a difference. I, after I had a couple of pounds go down on the scale, I was like, yes, okay, I'm headed in the right, I'm trending in the right direction, so now I'm motivated, so now it's easier to make the right decisions, but it's still hard, and me following Jesus, it's easier than it was when I first started because I've experienced the consequences over all this time, but it's still hard. It's still a hard road to choose. The other road is, is easier. And just like me and, and, and traveling down this road with trying to eat right, my way is still easy. The other way is still hard. I come home last night. I got home about 12 o'clock, and uh, I just was a little hungry, you know, and just, just a little snack when I walked in the door, and there was a package and then packages of the little donuts, man. And I just hammered six of them. And it wasn't hard. <laughs> Just knocked them things down, man. Drank me a glass of milk and off to bed I went, right? And so like that is always, it, my path is always easy. And following the Lord is that way. But when I, when I follow, when I'm, when I'm choosing this other path intentionally and I'm, I'm making sacrifices and I'm bringing my flesh under control and I, I'm, I'm doing these things and all of a sudden I'm experiencing physically a freedom that I enjoy. And, and, and so spiritually even more so. You see, <laughs> it's not okay to be a spiritual fatty. Sometimes we need to lose the weight. And we need to realize that spiritually, we're, like, we're letting our flesh make us obese and we're not lean in the Lord. And he's calling us to this place of freedom. And so we find ourselves spiritually getting obese in the ways of the world. And the Lord is like, that's not what it means to be whole and complete. And I've called you to a place of freedom and mobility. And it's down this road. And you've got to say no to that road and yes to this road. And as you say yes to each one of the things that you're, you, I'm asking you to do, then I'll keep laying these stones. And you'll look back at the choices of your life. And you'll measure your life and go, dang, that was a good life. It was a good life to follow Jesus. And that's what it means to be a, a Christian. It doesn't mean that you come to church. That's not what it means to be a Christian. It means you follow Jesus, and you follow him wherever he leads you. And as you do that, you will notice um, that more freedom comes into your life. And all of this, like all of these things in the flesh that I've talked about, the lust of the flesh, the pride of life, the lust of the eyes, all of this is an avoidance of pain. And it's a spiritual cancer that eats away our souls. And most of the time, people that, when they have cancer, uh, most of the time, 
It's already done so much damage before they find out. And what I'm trying to get you to see here is in this spiritual cancer is like, take a look at your life and, and do a spiritual MRI and see what is going in there. Which road are you traveling? And make sure that you're on the road that the Lord has called you to. And I love... Um, I love, I'm so thankful for Peter's life and the gospels, like they record his failures. They record how strong he was in the Lord and at times how weak he was in the Lord and they record how he learned from it. And Peter even records how he chose the path of God and because he chose the path of God, even in the midst of some of his failures and he had to learn, he writes this for us in 1 Peter 4.1. Therefore, since Christ suffered in his body, arm yourselves also with the same attitude because he who has suffered in his body is done with sin. And as a result, he does not live the rest of his earthly life for evil human desires, but rather for the will of God. And you know what Peter's saying? I mean, like, I finally came to the point in my life, Peter says, where I'm just done with sin. Now, he doesn't mean I'm perfect. I've never, I, I don't sin anymore. What he means is my attitude is I'm done with that life. And anytime I recognize I'm on it, I'm repenting and I'm staying on this, this path over here that the Lord has laid out for me. I'm done with it. And, and he had a funeral for himself. And I think all of us need to do that. We need to have a funeral and say, I'm done with being Lord of my life. I'm ready for Jesus to be Lord. And I'm done with this life of sin and rebellion against God. I'm going to follow hard after him. And we arm ourselves with the attitude of suffering like Christ, meaning that we suffer and we learn how to deny ourselves, take up our cross, follow Jesus, and we realize there's gain in that. Just like when I realize, man, I believe the Lord will help me. If I will lay down my life over here, he'll help me over there. And the Lord will he is so faithful to show up. And the more that we can surrender to that, the easier it gets to continue to surrender it to it. So though it's difficult to do, we understand the benefit of choosing God's path over our own. And so here's the big idea. When you come to the fork in the road today, choose the way of the Lord. Don't choose your path. When you come to the fork in the road tomorrow, you're going to come. It just, it's a series of choices, and it's going to come over and over and over and over again. And so we're not talking about whether or not you know the Lord. We're talking about whether or not you're listening to the Lord. And if you will listen to him, you will know him better than you do today. And that's the whole point of the journey, is that we are reflecting the character of Christ. And we've learned when we come into the fork in the road that it's always better to follow Jesus than myself. Take up your cross, deny yourself, and follow Jesus. Heavenly Father, we thank you for this day. We thank you for the hope that we can have in you. We thank you, Lord, that you do lay a pathway out for us. You help us, Lord, follow you. You're not leaving us to ourselves, Lord. You, you call us each by name. And I pray for this body of believers, Lord, that you'd give us ears to hear. You'd give us eyes to see. And Lord, you'd give us the courage to follow, to take the step 
of faith you are calling us to take. And I just pray, Lord, for this body gathered here today, Lord, that you would move on their hearts. For those that may be watching online, that you would touch them, Lord, and help them to not only to hear your voice, but to do what you're asking them to do. As you remain in the spirit of prayer this morning, I just want to encourage you to, like, that right now in this moment, you took the time to come to church today. You listened to the word being preached. If you just closed your eyes right now and imagine you are doing a spiritual MRI on yourself, on your soul, which path are you more prone to following right now? And can you, can you just stop for a moment and if you're on the wrong path, say, Lord, I'm sorry and repent. And get that thing, like, get that thing taken care of before you walk out of this place. And then tell somebody the good news of what the Lord is doing in your life. Don't just keep it to yourself. The best thing that you can do is is share it with me through a connection card, an email, share it with somebody that you know loves the Lord. Just open your mouth and share what the Lord has done in you. And that's such a powerful thing for you to do on your journey. And so like, just take a moment to sit in that, take that MRI, and then make a decision about who are you gonna share with. And if you don't know the Lord and you're like, man, I'm not sure what to do next, Well, the next thing you need to do is just communicate with me. Let me know with a connection card, an email, whatever. Tell some, just tell me and I will help you on the next step. I will teach you how to follow Jesus. Lord, thank you for this day. Thank you for these people. Thank you for the work that I know that you're doing. It is all for your glory. We love you, Jesus, and pray these things in Christ's name. Amen. Thank you for listening to audio from Overland Park Community Church in Overland Park, Kansas. For more information, visit us online at overlandpark.cc.